0: Listening to Stephen Westland, and this is a podcast all about colour. And I'm joined as usual today by Hugh Owens and Helen Disley. So today we're gonna start a new series of podcasts where we're gonna take a different colour every week and and talk about it until we run out of things to say. And the first colour we're going to pick today is the colour red and one of the reasons for picking red is um it's one of the first first colours that humans really used um to colour the world and one of the reasons for that is that um a very long time ago people just had to use whatever was available and this was normally minerals dug out of the ground or or bits of plants um you know, mushed up and and made into a a pigment paste. One of the earliest pigments was a pigment obtained from clay called red ochre, which was usually a more of a sort of a browny, reddy colour, to be honest. But if you look in lots of cave paintings, um, you often see lots of red, lots of brown and lots of black, because red ochre and um, and charcoal were were pretty much... um, the only two things that um, that people had around at the beginning. Over time, they found um, all sorts of other things that they could use um, to make colour out of, and one of those was cochineal.
1: Can I jump back a, a little bit to to what you were talking about? Because it is incredible, and if you have a look at some of the old cave paintings... I mean, we're talking fifteen thousand, sixteen and a half thousand years before Christ. Um, there's some incredible pictures. I don't know if you've seen um, the picture of, I think it's a bison or something in Altamira in Spain. But as you said, um, you'd have thought this is these are quite primitive people at that point. But the artwork is incredible and and very vibrant the the reds uh in particular uh, are very very good so you see things like um red ochre being used to to paint these these um lovely paintings the cave paintings but also people would use it to paint their bodies so there's some evidence i think in the late stone age that people started to to paint their bodies as well and and this is i guess just european civilization if we go and look at the Chinese well we know how much the Chinese like red and perhaps we'll talk about some of their associations with red a little bit later.
0: No you're right Hugh in in, in fact I think some of these paintings go back about 60,000 years actually Um, and the incredible thing is that they're still there now because um, people might remember a few weeks ago we spoke about sort of the ancient statues in places like Rome and and Athens um, that that now appear bleached white because they've been um, bleached by the sun. But the incredible thing about these paintings in caves is they're still there because they've been exposed to so little light. And so literally 60,000 years later, some of these things are still there, which is fantastic.
1: and and it's it's amazing you can you can look at things like um the ancient Romans um they would use a a red pigment called cinnabar, which is is quite highly toxic but if you if you look back at the wall art um I think there's some examples at Pompeii then that they highly prized this this brilliant color even though it was so so toxic. And and they would get this this, um, this pigment from mines in Spain. So it wasn't something that, that was easily collected where they were. And they'd use prisoners and slaves to work in these, these highly toxic environments to actually uh, get it. it. It's interesting. I mean, I, I know in terms of our work, we talk about coloration quite a lot in our jobs don't we so um, if you start to look at red as a synthetic um, a synthetic dye then perhaps you might be looking at the Chinese to have done that first to produce a a vermilion which they may have done in the 4th century BC so you're going quite a long way back and that's quite high technology I guess for the time. But I, th- I think that vermilion became known as, as Chinese red and it was symbolic to them of, of, of a good life and good fortune which seems to have gone all the way through their civilization
0: to, to till today really. Yeah, so later we'll talk about some of the meanings that these colours have but some of the roots of those meanings stem from things like that. You know, the idea that purple for example is a a royal colour is very expensive because, at one point, the purple dye stuff was really, really expensive. You know, more expensive than silver. You know, per gram, for example. So, a, a lot of these meanings that colours have go back a long way into 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 the really in the distant past.
1: Now, I think it's interesting that you, that you you mentioned something like that because it brings in this idea of of using other things in the natural environment to to produce that colour originally, and it being so intensive to do so and so expensive to do so, that synthetic options were were amazing at the time. So so for instance, with red, if we look at that, then there are situations where we use insects. Um, so I think there's there's one called uh, well, when we look at, at at a crimson, a strong red, crimson. Then um, we can make that from the, the the dried bodies of female kermes. I've never known if I said that properly or
0: not. Yeah, you know, cochineal has been made from insects for literally um, at least a thousand years, I think. Um, and I think it's they use only the um, the female insects, and I think also when they're pregnant, they have the most dye in them, uh, and that's been used as a food colour for literally um until it's in fact it's still been used today as a food colour if you buy cochineal it still could be made from the dried bodies of insects um but there's also now synthetic cochineal available um and since once we had synthetic dye stuffs which was around about the 1700s 1800s um that made a massive change to the way in which people could use colour of course because it also made these things a lot Less expensive and a lot more available to people. So red certainly um, has been an important colour from a sort of colourant perspective, but it's also a really important um, colour in society as a as a communicator. So one of the things I like to say about colour is that colours. Communicate things. Colors have meanings, and if you look at the way that colors used in society, um, in design, um, you see those meanings being used all of the time. So, if I sort of bring in Helen at this point, Helen, what 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 what's the thing you think is the most, um, maybe most prominent meaning of red that you could think of?
2: Probably the first one that comes to mind is danger for me. Um, and also anger, you know, seeing seeing red. Um,
0: you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I
2: mean, there are probably the top two for me.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think that there's various reasons why these meanings occur. So for me, I, I like to think of at least three reasons one is there's some of it is like innate you know for example the idea that black is somehow a slightly foreboding um, slightly dangerous colour has probably been with us ever since we've been conscious because we've perhaps always been afraid of the dark that's something that we've had for a very very long time but other meanings for example the idea of purple as being Expensive and royalty has more of a socio-economic um, reason to it. I mentioned the the price of purple dye stuff once, and then the third source is I would call it socio-cultural. So, for example, the idea that pink is for girls and blue for boys. Of course, it's gender stereotyping, which we don't support on this program. Um, But that that idea. Um, is only maybe a hundred years old, and it has cultural roots. So there's all sorts of different reasons why these colours have meanings. And you, you mentioned anger, Helen. So one thing, one source for that, I think, is that if people get angry, what happens to them?
2: They they turn red in the face. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they they have increased blood flow. So I think you can see why the colour red. Is associated with with anger. Maybe it's association with blood for a long time is why it's associated with danger also.
2: I I, I think yeah. I think blood bloodshed is probably where the danger comes from. Um, but red's quite interesting because it's it's got two sides, hasn't it? Really, you've got like the aggression, war warriors. You, know, paint, you mentioned painting bodies, you warriors painting themselves red, hate and bloodshed, and then you've got love warmth, compassion, and, you know, confidence and things on the other side of red. So it's, it's it's quite an interesting one.
0: Yeah, so red could be associated with attractiveness, for example, perhaps, or, uh, or, or as you say, love. Uh, so when people get angry, they often go red in the face. But they also go red in the face, or they go a little bit redder when they're feeling attracted to somebody mm. or in a certain... Sort of situation between two people, one can go a bit redder. So I think it's it's there's a sort of biological underpinning of the meanings there, isn't there?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I, I think I think one thing I'm sort of a little bit against in the in the popular literature, in other words, the internet, are these infographics that say red means this and blue means that? We've already spoken about several meanings for red. You know, it can mean anger. But it could also mean love or attraction, and actually many other things. It could literally be a representation of fruit on a yogurt pack. You know, it can be danger on a stop signal, for example. It can be a literal representation of blood on a poster about Dracula. So actually, colours can mean lots of different things depending upon upon the context. But certainly, there are all sorts of um, studies that have been done on the um, on on the relationship between red, for example, and attractiveness.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think there is that. There's a certain amount of work on that, uh, uh, where they've looked at um, situations where they they ask an observer. To rank somebody or to rate somebody's uh, attractiveness, and they'll they'll use either a, a red background or perhaps they'll place them in in a red shirt and you know a red shirt or a red blouse. And there seems to be a certain part of the literature that says there is an effect, and then there's another part that seems to say the effect is very small if there is one. So it, it's interesting to see that when they've done these tests, and there's there's a few around, but all around two thousand eight, two thousand ten, something like that. They, when they they look at the results, they find that the the men will tend to say that that a female either with a red background or with a red blouse on is more attractive. They'll rate that as being more attractive than without um, for and, and it's true for the for the women as well there does seem to be uh, a difference with age so that older women it didn't put any weighting on that red color so there's no difference between
0: their their rating of attractive you mean the older women viewing or being viewed uh viewing Viewing. Yeah, so I I
1: meant, when, yeah. when older women look at look at um, look at the pictures of, of men uh, in either with the red background or wearing the red shirt, then if they make a judgment with the red on or whether they make a judgment when they're wearing different clothes, it's the same. So in other words they see through it Whereas straight away. Yeah, they see through it straight away. Absolutely. They? Yeah, indeed. Well we'd know that anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> but for men there's there's still an effect. So it doesn't matter the age of the subject that they're observing. If they're wearing red, there's still this this um, increase in attractiveness that they ascribe to it. And actually
2: what, what it doesn't tell you, I suppose, is whether the red actually makes that person more attractive or whether we're conditioned to think because they are wearing red or because there's red in the image that they must be more confident, they must be more attractive.
0: Yes, I agree. Although it's a very find distinction between the two you know because in the end attractiveness is social conditioning anyway isn't it it's about what people think based upon all sorts of norms in society and and, and expectations
1: but interestingly if if you look at many other species there's a link between for instance testosterone and redness as well um, and and, femil- uh, uh, and in a similar way there's a link between feti- fertility of the females and redness as well so it, it, it makes sense in, in a, a limited way
0: you, you mentioned to you there's been a lot of, a lot of studies and, and you mentioned it as well a second ago there have been some studies that haven't shown this effect I think there have been sufficient studies that I've seen to make me think there's probably an effect um But not all studies have found it. And one of the things I've read that might be a factor is it might depend upon how long you have to make the judgment. So if you have a very short time, like less than five seconds to make the judgment, maybe it has a bigger effect on your judgment than if you have longer. Which has led some people to say, well, in that case, it can't be very important if it only affects the first five seconds. So it can't be very practical in real life. On the other hand, we all know about first impressions and how important first impressions are. So I think it, yeah, it could it could be important.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, one thing I think is quite interesting is that a lot of these things, one would think, after a hundred years or more of color research, that they'd all be sorted out. You know, we'd all know definitively whether you know wearing red makes people more attractive but it turns out there's still a lot of doubt about a lot of these things as in the case for example the classic one is whether looking at red light for example makes the heart beat faster so we already mentioned this link between red and heart rate or blood pressure so for example if you get angry or excited you might go a bit redder and your blood pressure might rise slightly your heart rate might rise slightly there's a link there but that's not the same thing as saying that looking at red makes your heart beat faster and yet many people cite it as if it's a, 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 a God given fact for example whereas in fact most of the studies on the effect of colour on heart rate and blood pressure are actually show almost no effect Or a very, very tiny effect. And my suspicion is there is actually a small effect, because I've done some work myself. I think there is a tiny effect of red light on heart rate and blood pressure. But you're talking about, for example, less than half a beat per minute. It's not a very big effect, and it's very hard to measure because you need lots of people in the study in order to make the results um, statistically significant. But one of the things I I do like to look at is where there seems to be really clear evidence of an effect of colour on behaviour, for example, or performance. And one of the most startling things I came across was a study from the 2004 Olympic Games where they looked at combat sports, things like boxing and taekwondo, where the participants are randomly assigned either the red corner or the blue corner and you might think from this that red would win in 50% of the bouts and blue would win in 50% because they're randomly assigned that isn't what happens right? red was winning in about 55% of cases and it was statistically significant and they've looked at other combat sports at other Olympic games, found the same effect and I came across a paper just recently from the same authors who did the original study. They analysed... and Hugh Owens, is an avid football fan, he will, he will enjoy this bit. So they, they analysed <laughs> 68 football teams in the UK and their performance over 60 years or so and looked at their home performance and their away performance. Home performances were interesting because at home they tend to wear their main colour. And what they found is that, at home, red teams consistently performed better than other colours, particularly yellow, sorry if you're a Norwich City fan, or orange, sorry if you're a Blackpool (laughs) fan, but I guess those people know all about teams not performing. But... But <laughs> harsh but true. Oh, sure. right. What's interesting <laughs> is even in cities, big cities, where you have a team in red and a team in blue, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Everton, even Nottingham Forest and Nottingham City, not right? county, yeah, not county. Yeah, I I, ne- I I nearly couldn't remember what they called. They're, they're that unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, there was, there, was a time, there was a time when they were in the first division. I remember when I used to start watching football. But they used to call, be called Notts County, didn't they? Not Nottingham County, Nottingham City, mm. Not Notts County. Yeah, so unsuccessful. I can hardly remember their name. Whereas Nottingham <gasps> Forest are ex-winners of the uh, what we now call the Champions League, the European Cup in those days. Notice. Manchester United, Liverpool Nottingham Forest, Red and people might point to the success of Manchester City now the best team in the Premiership if you look over 60 or 70 years teams in Red have consistently outperformed teams in Blue and there's the, the data for that is quite strong actually but what isn't clear is why it is So, for example, it could be that people wearing red feel more powerful, stronger, um, invincible. Um, They are still invincible, did not they? They wore red. Um, And it affects the way they play. Or it could affect the opponent's team who feel more intimidated playing against a team wearing red. But it even could be something else. It could be that Teams like Manchester United and Liverpool, Nottingham Forest, attracted more fans because of the colour of their jerseys. And that actually resulted in them having more resources over a long period of time. Um, And that is the thing that led them them to be more successful. So it, it isn't clear what the underlying causes of red teams actually doing better than... Blue or particularly yellow and orange, but there's quite a lot of data from multiple sports now that suggest um, that it would be the case.
2: It's really interesting.
1: I, I think I remember that study you're talking about, and um, it, it does use an awful uh, lot of data from 1947, isn't it? But it only goes up to 2003, so I I, I wonder whether a certain dominance by some noisy neighbours
0: <laughs> may we have changed now, those, <laughs> those... No, we needed to stop it before before they became more popular. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sounds, yeah, it sounds about right. But it is interesting in that you wouldn't think that there should be an effect, really. Um, no. But I wonder how many of the cities, the large cities, have a successful club with that played in red that mm. would be quite interesting to look at
0: Yeah, I, I can't think of a successful team in London can you who plays in red
1: <gasps> oh, terrible terrible yeah I, I think it was quite interesting because they looked at all of those, those combat sports didn't they um mm. So there was all sorts of things. There were there was boxing, taekwondo, wrestling, Greco-Roman wrestling, and there was still this effect.
0: So we've spoken a lot about um colour in sport and success. Um and also attractiveness and it's it's its links with um romance, the colour of love, um, It's links with sex. Um, In fact, we even have the phrase in the UK, a red light district. And um, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot, Helen, you've you've got a theory, haven't you, about why we use the phrase the red light district, which I'd not heard before.
2: (laughs) I have a theory. It is mine and it belongs to me. Yeah. It's not really my theory. Um, but that, I mean, Red Light District, I think, is used not just in the UK, but it's used, uh, this it might be almost a universal phrase. But I think one one possible origin of, you know, why do we, why do we say Red Light District um, goes back to sort of back in maybe the 1600s, 1700s, sailors coming back from long trips and uh, certain ladies of the night waiting for them on the in the ports and they would carry apparently red lights with them red lamps um, and you can imagine that hygiene and and uh, fresh running water wasn't particularly a thing back back then and uh, these these ladies of the night might not have been the most clean should we say and they would perhaps have some many skin conditions and boils and the red lights one theory is that the red light helped to dis- disguise um, their skin conditions um, to make them look a little bit more attractive. And eventually the, the red light became a symbol of brothels and was outside. And that's outside. Actually,
0: because red light might have been a little bit easier to come by in those days because blue light also makes it hard to tell. Mm. Um, for example, blue, blue light is used in some places to stop people easily seeing their veins so they can't so easily... Inject themselves with drugs. Have you heard about that?
2: Oh, that's really interesting. Um,
0: yeah, in some um, places that she told me about, <laughs> he goes to where, um, where they have like, blue lights in the, in the, in the toilets so that you can't, it discourages people from shooting up. So yeah. if you have really coloured lighting, whether it's red or, or, or whether it's. Just as one blue, strong colour, yeah. It's, it's yeah. going to make it quite hard to distinguish features. So that would make sense, Helen, that you couldn't mm. easily see how bad your skin was, for example. Um, red might be a better light to use in your story, though, than blue because it's probably slightly more attractive if someone's got a reddish glow than if they've got a bluish glow. So I yeah, can see why that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea. Um, mm. And then the other thing is that this uh, this link of red with with danger, um, its association with blood, is used as an emergency stop signal. And um It is preferred by some people as an emergency light. Um, And one of the reasons for that is that when light travels through air, if it meets small particles of a certain size, it's going to scatter and reflect, which stops it being seen. So imagine you've got a really foggy evening. You can't see so far ahead the lights. But the lights you can see le- least well are the blue lights, because they scatter the most, Yeah. because they have the shortest wavelengths. And red lights scatter the least. And I was actually talking last year to an MP who is spearheading a campaign to persuade, um, for example, emergency vehicles on the hard shoulder, like an ambulance, for example, to actually employ red lights rather than blue lights, because... There have been a few accidents where people haven't seen the lights and a lot of people attribute it to an inability to see blue light in really foggy conditions. Whereas red light, you can see it from further away even when it's foggy. So that's quite interesting, isn't it?
2: That is interesting. It would be, it would be interesting to see what would happen because we're so attuned, aren't we, to blue emergency lights in this country specifically. Um, would would Temporarily, there might be an increase in accidents. Well, That's yeah, one we of problem no I've idea.
0: thought of is the fact that if you're on the motorway, you're used to seeing red lights because of red cars. And so if you saw red emergency lights, you wouldn't you wouldn't associate them with an emergency. Mm-hmm. But at least you see them, which I think is, is part, of the, part of the problem.
1: Yeah, it, it's sort of interesting, isn't it, that? I mean, I guess it's not a solid red light, though, is it? You've got the flicker frequency as well with your, with your blue lights. And I know that, that people who are photosensitive, some of them will get migraines set off by the, the flicker frequency, especially with blue lights or red and green lights. So it would be I- interesting to see if there's, there's any work in that area.
0: So Anything else that really is associated with that we can think about? What about um, Father Christmas?
2: yeah i think um father Christmas used to be depicted i don't know if he's predominantly or, or solely as um in a green outfit, and it was only when it was it was it must have been a an advertising campaign i imagine by coca cola that they put him in red um and it's just become. The, the, the colour that he's 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 always wearing. Now I'm not sh- I'm not sure if that's the whole story.
0: I think it's not all the story, but I think it's a big part of the story. Did did, did you see the um the movie? What's it called? The Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. Where mm-hmm. they meet Father Christmas, don't they? In, in yeah. Narnia. And I always remember being a little bit surprised by his appearance because he wasn't dressed in red. You might remember if you can. Remember the movie? He's just dressed in fairly drab browns and greens.
2: Oh, browns, yeah.
0: yeah. And apparently that is more traditional. That mm. Originally, Father Christmas was more of a sort of woodland figure dressed in browns and, and greens. Um, but my understanding is it's, it's slightly an urban myth that Coca-Cola resulted in Father Christmas being um, portrayed in red. But you're absolutely right that I think it was in something like 1931 they ran an advertising campaign and they generated this picture of Father Christmas in in red a little bit portly um, with the white beard and everything. Um, I'm not looking at anyone particular. Drinking coca I'm not looking at anyone particular on the screen. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think I think they have shaped, they've been so successful with their advertising and and, and their use of the colour red, uh, and, and their association with Christmas. I think they've <laughs> shaped a modern um, image of Father Christmas. But my understanding was that sometime before then, he'd started to appear, that the brown had started to get brighter and a, a little bit redder. And it's, it's. I think even on Coca-Cola's own website, they, they set a claim that they had a role to play, but it wasn't. It wasn't all down to them, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm not surprised that uh, that would be the thing that caught your attention rather than the children passing through a wardrobe into a magical land,
0: Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing I found most unbelievable, (laughs) the fact that Father Christmas was not wearing red.
1: (laughs) But it it is funny how we associate with products. I think... We we talked a little bit about it last week in the fashion episode, but Coca Cola Red um, is, I think, immediately you can visualise exactly what I'm talking about. Coca Cola Red. If I said uh, La Butan shoes, to you like the pair you're wearing, Steve today? I yeah. think uh, beautiful, mo- beautiful. There. most <laughs> most people would appreciate the red soles on those those high heels. Yes, yes. Indeed, that's right. <laughs> so it, it is interesting how how we make those associations, and I think Western associations with wear, with red are not necessarily the same as what we'd see, for instance, in China. So although we ta- we were talking about passion and attractiveness with red. Um, in in China, for instance, many of the brides will wear red dresses. But this is this is for prosperity and good luck rather than mm. rather than to enhance attractiveness. And of course red over there is associated with money
0: and good fortune as well. Yes, yeah, so I I mentioned earlier that, that you know, the idea that red means this and blue means that is hopelessly naive and it actually depends upon the context. But you're right, Hugh, it also depends upon the culture. You know. If if you said, for example, in in our country, which colour is most associated with good look, I would probably say green. We have the four-leaf clover, the look of the Irish. There's a whole load of phrases around this. Um, Mm. If you went to China, they'd be more likely to say red. Uh, And I I was in a little bit of um, controversy um, on Twitter recently when I described one of my experiments when it's where I ask people to pick colors that represent a word um, because I'm interested in the association between colors and words and one of the words I asked them to pick was bad and what colors do you think they picked for the word bad I'm talking about British people what do you think black black, black was up there yeah and. Everyone picked red. So they had to pick three colours. So usually one of them was black, one of them was red, and one of them was another red or another black. And loads of people said, red doesn't mean bad, right? But I've got evidence from not just one study, but multiple studies from different PhD students. When we ask British people what colour they associate with bad, they pick Red is one of the colors now when we when we do the same experiment with Chinese people, hardly any pick red because red is such an overwhelmingly positive color in in china um, and s- s- they also they pick lots of black by the way as being bad, but they don't pick red and and i saw so I saw one infographic recently which was um an infographic online saying red is good for these industries and bad for these industries and when I show it to my students I then show a picture of bank logos of people like Nationwide and Barclays and NatWest and it's predominantly blue with hardly any red and I say yeah that makes sense but then I show the next page on my slide which has all the Asian banks, all the HSBCs (laughs) And they're almost all red because whereas in the West we have blue as our bank brand colour because we associate blue with safety and being conservative and that's not a bad quality to have associated with your bank. In China, because red's associated with good fortune that's also a pretty good quality to have associated with your bank. And therefore loads of these infographics on the internet just totally fail to understand the cultural dimension of
2: they all cross the cultures
0: exactly yeah. of colour meanings.
2: We probably from quite a young age we are, we perhaps in this country certainly are, are conditioned with red as a bad colour because when you have your schoolwork marked, all the corrections and all the crosses is marked with a red red pen, isn't it? Loads of red on your work signifies you've not done a very good job.
0: I wouldn't know. I never Generally. I never saw any. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. Imagine, can imagine that must have been bad seeing all that seeing all that red. You know, I never thought about that, Helen, but that's a really good suggestion of why that might be. Um, this, it's also this, the colour of danger, the colour of blood. You know, I know it's, there's some positive things too, but I can see why people pick red. Isn't red, red and black the devil? You know, isn't isn't that part of mm-hmm. it as well?
1: Yeah. I think um, I've I've heard somewhere um, that the root word for, for beautiful in Russian is red as well so it Mm. gives you a a different idea of of perhaps red square, the beautiful square so again it's it's language and context has has a large bearing on how we feel about
0: these And and in one country, I can't remember where it is, it could be China but it could be somewhere else have you heard of this? They say don't wear a green hat have you heard that? Because, in in some countries, if I'm, I'm not making this up, honestly, <laughs> how I, I, many green hats do you people. have? <laughs> I, I, none. After after listening to this, <laughs> don't don't wear a green a green hat. Yeah, don't wear a green hat in China, right? In wear, in China, wearing a green hat is an expression used when a woman cheats on her husband or or boyfriend. That's so wearing a green hat has really comically um, unpleasant uh, connotations if you were to walk around in a, in a green hat, for example. Whereas if you did it in Leeds, no one would look at you twice. They so would think anything strange. <laughs> wear all sorts of things in Leeds without, without a second glance. So this this cultural dimension or cultural um, understanding of the differences in Colour meanings is, is really important if you want to use colour successfully, I think, in in design.
1: No, I agree. I think, I think in the American flag, the red stripes are supposed to stand for courage or something like that, aren't they? So it, it shows what the colours mean to, to different nations.
0: Anything else we want to talk about, guys? Or not? You must have a list of things there, Hugh.
1: Yeah, there's always a list of things. Uh, I was just. Uh, I wonder about color red and and how we use it in kind of because uh, if you look at it in nature most most of the things in nature are quite nice really aren't they you know there's lots there's something about um how ripe uh, some fruit are, for mm-hmm. instance um but you get dangerous kind of from chilies and snakes and spiders and and uh, f- frogs.
2: Yeah, we haven't really talked about nature at all, have we? In fact, David Attenborough is doing a series at the moment, Life in Colour, where he's talking all about But, that. you
1: know, if we're talking about how, how um, strong a word it is in, in society as well, actually, there's quite a few songs and groups that have read in the title as well. Um so I don't know. I don't know where we go. Simply, simply red. red. You've got yeah. You've got uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you've got Red. <laughs>
0: there's lots. Yeah, I suspect. Little I suspect Red Corvette. Kind of names occur quite frequently, probably in groups. I don't know. I don't know if the reds more frequent than others. I don't know. Black Sabbath. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, th- I think if you look at colours, the colours are there's quite a lot of those in, in band names. Yeah, we, don't we, we did not know much we about didn't. communism. Red, red is the colour of communism as well. Why is red the colour of communism? Do you know?
0: No, I don't. But it is not, both in twentieth-century um, no, um, Soviet Union and and China. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I don't know why it is, um, other than the fact it's certainly in the flags of those nations. Um, so that's mm-hmm. something for us to Google for next time. That's probably a, a good point to stop. Yeah, I think you're um, probably right. I think we've filled, filled a good a good forty five minutes of uh, waffle there. Yeah, waffle it is. It is. So next week we're going to talk about a different colour. Um, what should we do? Black or blue, what's your preference?
2: Black might be too similar to red, might it? it, As as to go next to it, in terms of danger, sinister.
0: Well, um, let's do Mm -hmm. black. Black. Is black a colour? We can start off with that. Yeah, we can, can, we'll start with that. Okay, we'll start with that. So, um... So I'll see you next week, guys, and um, say bye to everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.